The symbiotes just want to be adopted. They're looking for their forever hosts. (laughs) 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 All right. So, yeah, symbiote denotes (laughs) that we... (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) That we are going to be talking those crazy alien symbiotes with those PMS names... (laughs) Can you confirm, Lady One, that the symbiote names, uh, what are some of them? Carnage. Carnage. (laughs) Agony. Are those just the stages of PMS? For sure. (laughs) You can even tell by the colors. Carnage is red. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. uh, Welcome to another episode of Screen Fix. I am your host, JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show. It is Lady One. Say hello to everybody, Lady One. Hello, everyone. And with us, he had a brief appearance on the pod in our Crazy Rich Asians episode. It is Kool-Aid, the return of Kool-Aid. He is a Marvel maniac, a Marvel fanatic. He wins Marvel trivia, and he racks it up. It is Kool-Aid. Say hello to everybody, Kool-Aid. My name is (laughs) (laughs) Kool-Aid. All right. This week, the Tom Hardy... Spider-Man-less, Spider-Verse, kickoff film, <laughs> Venom. Trailer. I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. I found something really bad. And I have been... Who's a bad, bad, bad? Taken. Look around at the world. What do you see? Human beings are disposable but man and symbiote combined this is a new race what do you want from me you'll find out we cannot just hurt people look into my eyes Eddie the way I see it we can do whatever we want alright so Venom was obviously starring Tom Hardy. It also starred Michelle Williams, slumming at hardcore this year. (laughs) Second appearance on Screen Fix. It's like like after Manchester by the Sea, she was just like, screw it. I'm doing a shitty Amy Schumer comedy Mm -hmm. and a terrible, not part of the MCU Marvel film this year. That's what I'm doing. I mean, what has she really done since Dawson's Creek? <laughs> that was her. That was her climax. I climaxed a few times. <laughs> so anyway, and also stars uh, Riz Ahmed from The Night of HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in Rogue One. I think he got blown up. Oh yeah, that's who he is. He's the pilot, and he keeps saying, "I'm the pilot." Great actors. Mm-hmm. Not so great material. Maybe we can attribute that to our three screenplay writers. This movie was written by Scott Rosenberg, Jeff Pinkner, and Kelly Marcel. Scott Rosenberg has been a writer on such projects as Con Air, High Fidelity, and Gone in 60 Seconds. Wow. That's very specific. He was also one of the writers of Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh. But he also, very oddly enough, side note, he was arrested with Vince Vaughn after the bar brawl in North Carolina that ended with Steve Buscemi being stabbed in the face, throat, and arm. Woo! I'm slamming it tonight. You guys are dead in the water. Wow. Has he written a yeah. book yet? Okay. Make that um, movie. So that's that guy. Uh, the next <laughs> guy. Uh, so here, here we go. Jeff Pinkner... Also a writer on Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, wow. But then he also wrote the terrible Amazing Spider-Man 2, The Fifth Wave, Dude. and The Dark Tower. Dude. So we've got the uh, the writing tandem here of Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. And then we also have Kelly Marcel, the sole writer, by the way, of Fifty Shades of Grey. She's famous. She's rich. So we've got Welcome to the Jungle and Fifty Shades of Grey. If you're wondering why this movie seemed a little disjointed, I think we can look, we can point right there. That's a weird aesthetic. It was directed by Ruben Fleischer, whose the first film he directed was Zombieland. Oh, he peaked there. Uh, <laughs> he has he hasn't directed anything since 2011's Gangster Squad. Ooh. He also directed between Zombieland and Gangster Squad. He directed Thirty Minutes or Less. Jesse Eisenberg and Aziz Ansari has to do with some, uh, and Danny McBride. Yeah, definitely Danny McBride. Some kind of bomb strapped to the pizza guy or 
something like that. It was not good. I saw it. This is our team. This is our Venom team. And of course, we've got Tom Hardy, who was uh, quoted in an interview with Esquire magazine that he was basing his Venom performance on Woody Allen. I would never want to belong to any club that would have someone like me for a member. Conor McGregor. I'm climbing the money tree like a chimpanzee. And rapper Redman. And out, get, grab, bonk. <laughs> That's like the screenplay. Very, very eclectic mix. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure you could ask the entire world, like, what three people do you want to have dinner with? And nobody's going to come up with those three. Like, they don't go together. Maybe Tom Hardy. All right. Out of those three, who would you eat, eat dinner with? Oh, it would definitely be Redman. Yeah. Definitely be Redman. Because we could smoke before and then eat dinner. <laughs> Get nice and hungry. Yeah, Brick City, all the way. <laughs> this is my hunger stick. Uh, so <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, I, I would not want to eat with Conor McGregor. Uh, I would eat with Redman because uh, Woody Allen just kind of creeps me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. He'd be like hitting on the like 16-year-old waitress. 16 might be a little old. Yeah, you got to hide your kids <laughs> and your young wife. Hide your kids. <laughs> this movie, of course is about Venom. This was a character created by David Michelini and Todd McFarlane. First appeared in 1986, but he made his first real appearance in 1988. So yeah, he's a Marvel Comics character, and Sony has the rights to all of these characters. They're, of course, lending Spider-Man to the MCU, yet they're starting this Spider-Man-less Spider-Verse, and this is the first film of that. We've also got in the works... Craven the Hunter. There's also, uh, we talked about it on another episode of this podcast, uh, Silk, mm-hmm. which is basically better girl Asian Spider-Man. <laughs> and then <laughs> also Morbius the Living Vampire. I think Jared Leto wasn't talking Definitely. about Definitely. The writer of Craven the Hunter claims that Spider-Man is going to be in his movie, but I, I bet Kevin Feige has other ideas. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us our fresh, hot off the press stats, Lady Wan, go. So this movie opened October 5th. It was number one at the U.S. box office, making $80 million. Wow. Mm -hmm. Applause, applause. (laughs) Why do you think it made so much money? It came out in October. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Uh, After two weekends, it's up to $148 million in the U.S., another $233 million overseas. So that's $385 million around the world okay so the production budget was only a hundred million dollars so we're definitely getting Ooh. some more of these oh boy we're gonna get that that carnage movie mm-hmm. that's teased at the end of this one well it feels like woody harrelson already spent that paycheck since he's already talking about how he's gonna be in that movie <laughs> so already cashed this yeah and also at the end that wig looked like they were really really trying to let you know that that was going to be cassidy eventually carnage because he's a redhead but yeah It looked like the wig was going to run away from him. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Continue. Okay. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is 31% rotten from critics. Ew. Ew. It's pretty accurate. How about audiences? 88% of audiences like it. That explains it. What's wrong with you people? PG-13 rating. (laughs) That's definitely true. They were smart about that because I'm sure every like high school kid and middle school kid heard that turd in the wind shit and was like, yeah. And they're all showing up in droves, not ordering any concessions and like sitting in the back row and being stupid and loud. (laughs) That sounds like a very specific experience that you were privy to. Maybe. Uh, My favorite review of this movie is from Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times. He called it a tone-deaf, uneven, and increasingly maddening dumb clunker that never settles on an identity all the way to the closing credits. Roper'd in. He Roper'd that one around the neck and hung it. Mm -mm. I can't think of anything good. (laughs) You don't have to say something every time. I do. We don't need a pun after every sentence. Why not? The world is better. Oh, my God. The dad jokes. I think my favorite review actually came from uh, Private You. Shout out to you. This movie would have been fire if it came out in 2005. I kind of agree with him. (laughs) (laughs) That's a solid point. (laughs) That's a pretty hot take. So uh, what do you get? What else you got? What else you got for us? That's all. That's all I had. All right. Well, thank you for those. All right, so before we jump in, let's uh, do a quick breakdown of this plot. Very quick. So basically, Eddie Brock is this reporter who... Eddie Brock. (laughs) I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. So 
Eddie Brock is an amateur prize fighter who has been <laughs> knocked out hundreds of times. That's how he plays him, though. Seriously. All right, so anyway, reporter Eddie Brock, uh, he's been kicked out of New York City for some reason that I don't think they really get into. And now he's in San Francisco, and I guess he's still doing his show, The Brock Report, a digital show where he does hard-hitting investigative reporting. He is tagged by his boss at the paper to interview the CEO of the Life Foundation, Carlton Drake, which seems very strange because uh, he just got fired from one job and he is known for being a hothead investigative reporter. Why you send this guy, I have no idea. But uh, anyway, <laughs> the boss thinks it's a good idea. Eddie Brock's fiance, uh, Michelle Williams' character, um, Anne Weying. Ann Weying is actually the lawyer for the Life Foundation. The guy you work for is an evil person. I don't work for him. My firm works for him. Are you going to behave yourself tomorrow? And she is currently taking on a case where three persons died in a shuttle that was owned by uh, Life Foundation. He confronts Carlton Drake when he goes for the interview, of course. What about the allegations that you recruit the most vulnerable for tests that end up killing people? Your time to go. You finished, Mr. Brock. Is that a threat? And he gets in trouble. Uh, he gets his fiance fired because she was the only one who had that info. He also gets let go from his newspaper job. So he's uh, kind of a loser. One of the doctors, the one played by the grossly underutilized Jenny Slate... Dr. Dora Skirth. Girth. No. Girthy. No. Doctor. <laughs> Who? Her? Dora. Dora. Like the Explorer. <laughs> Skirth. Dora exploring the girth. <laughs> you hear what you want to hear. <laughs> Gives new meaning to that monkey friend. So Dora Girth approaches him and is like, help me. He's doing bad stuff. I work at the Life Foundation, and I need your help. We found something. We call them symbiotes. Carlton Drake believes that the union between human and symbiote is the key to our evolution. And Eddie Brock's like, no. But then Eddie runs into... His ex-fiance. And she's on a date with Dr. Dan. Dan the man. He's like, fine, I'll help this doctor, Dr. Gurthy. And they break into the research lab. He recognizes one of the people there, this homeless woman that he knows. But anyway, he ends up getting himself infected with the symbiote venom, the venom symbiote. And basically, he is crazy. He needs raw food. There's a scene where he uh, finds Anne and Dan. <laughs> oh, how cute. I like them now. What's their couple name? It could just be Dan. Or... Yep. <laughs> so it could just be Dan. It's Dan with an E on the end. Their couple name is Dan with an E. So so anyway, and he's like jumping in lobster tanks and eating raw lobsters and stuff like that. He also, uh, his neighbor plays the music too loud and he gets a crazy face and speaks in venom voice and scares the guy. But then all of a sudden people from the lab show up, people from the Life Foundation. He dispatches them with ease with the goo shooting from him. I'm going to need Mr. Drake's property back. I don't know. Why would we do that? And he's mumbling like he does, as a crack reporter does. <laughs> and he ends up, he's chased through the city. He tries to give evidence to his old job. Yeah, but he's, he's always chased and, and pursued and stuff. And takes him to Dan. And the team of Dan with an E puts him in an MRI machine and tells him that he's got a parasite, which Venom doesn't like to be called. And they figured out that a high frequency causes the symbiote to react and it actually separates from Eddie and goes into a dog. Yay! <laughs> uh, anyway, the people from the Life Foundation catch him and while he's kidnapped by them or being held by them he finds out that a symbiote has attached itself to carlton drake one that weirdly throughout the movie went from carried around by like a asian lady couple of asian a couple ladies. of asian ladies and a young one and then an old one and somehow they get on a and then a little kid it's this symbiote is working its way back to carlton drake i have no idea why why this thing wants carlton drake i very strange anyway the dog that is hosting venom and gets it <laughs> Somehow, and uh, Venom jumps into Anne, so she's she Venom for 
a hot minute, and then it she transfers it back to Eddie through a a kiss, which is very interesting to watch. And as a cheater, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I for, Dan, poor Dan. He he's poor so Dan. nice. He was the man. He was so nice. He's like helping him figure out what's wrong with himself. Man, women. <laughs> Can't trust him. They're terrible. He's not Dan with an E. Now he's just Dan. Isn't that sad? Oh, but he's still Doctor. He's still Doctor Dan, Dan so. so he's got prospects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Venom pursues Drake, aka Riot. Riot's trying to get to a rocket, which he's already got ready and primed to go. Uh, in like some weird abandoned-looking. Where was this rocket? Like it was. It looked like a like an abandoned wharf. He just has random rockets hanging out in like old abandoned marinas. I don't know, San Francisco. I mean, I San do. San Francisco's pretty big. Maybe. Yeah, that's where I keep all my ready-to-go rockets. <laughs> Use a trolley to transport them. Mm-hmm. So they they fight, and Anne uses a frequency that makes them goo strange, and you can see their faces for a second. It's this stupid CGI scene. And then basically uh, Eddie uh, uh, Venom cuts a fuel line, and the rocket blows up, and everything's done. And then uh, Eddie and Anne you know, cut to sometime later, and uh, Eddie and Anne are, are friends again, and... Uh, there's the Stan Lee cameo, <laughs> and then Eddie and Venom come to some kind of uh, agreement that they're going to stick together as long as they only kill bad people, and then it's the scene from the trailer. They showed us the end scene in the trailer of mm-hmm. when he bites the head off of that thug who is bothering Mrs. Chen. Mm-hmm. We will eat both your arms and then both of your legs, and then we will eat your face right off your head. You will be this armless faceless thing, won't you? Rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. And he's like, Who's Chen? Or I'm Parasite. Ha 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 ha. Giggle giggle. Turn the wind. Everything's done. Movie over. Post credits, mid credits scene. Eddie Brock is going to prison for some reason. And uh, maybe he's got an article there or something. Maybe he's a reporter again. I have no idea. I don't know why he's a reporter still. Uh, he keeps getting fired from everywhere he works. And <laughs> it is Woody Harrelson with his ginger hair. It's Carnage. Whoa, sequel. And scene. And done. So that's an synopsis actually written by Movie Pooper. Thank you, Movie Pooper, for all you do. Do. <laughs> So you gotta add a rim shot for that one. <laughs> so dumb. All right, so before we just start fixing the movie, a lot of people work on a movie. We want to pay uh, respects to them. Let's all say something that we liked about the movie. Lady One, why don't you go first? Um, I liked the CGI. I thought it looked cool. Like considering that they released a trailer with no CGI to to start things off, I wasn't super confident that they would finish it out and have it actually look good, but it looked great. Yeah, I thought Venom looked looked good too. It would have been nice if they would have added the little spider symbol, but they got to go away from the Spider-Verse. So. But it, it did. It did look good. He looked beefy. And like juicy. Uh, McFarlane <laughs> said that he wanted one thing from the Venom movie, and that's he wanted Venom to look big because Venom's supposed to be super tall and super big. Like He's supposed to be much larger than like, just a person. And he said that uh-huh. they, they nailed that. So one of the creators was happy about that. Yay. That's good. Uh, what's something that you liked about the movie? Kool-Aid. Well, first of all, it's Venom. And uh, Venom's a fucking man. So that was great <laughs> that you could see him on the big screen. So just the whole idea of the movie was, was great. I, I can't cuss on the podcast, right? I can say fuck. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. Go okay. Ahead. Sweet. And I, I thought Tom Hardy did a great job as <laughs> as being Venom and, and having the the voices, you know, talk to him and, and guide him. I thought he did a great job playing that out. I mean, from what I understand, he, mm-hmm. he did the voiceovers himself and then he would listen to himself as he was acting. So everyone that was acting with him could only hear what he was saying and not what the voice voiceover was saying. It just seems to make like it's going to make it extremely complicated to act. But Tom Hardy is Tom Hardy. And I'm glad that they picked him for the role. But I thought the movie, the way mm-hmm. that they did a Venom like you was overall was great. Did you like his delivery? I'm a block. <laughs> he kind of sounded like Milo Ventimigliano a little bit, you know, talking out of the side of his mouth. Well, the other thing was they did have a little bit of, they did pull a little bit from the canon, you know, the whole San Francisco story, but that eyes, eyes, lungs, pancreas, so many snacks, so little time. I loved hearing that line. It's, you know, pulled from dialogue from the comics. So that was cool. 
Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's why you're here, Marvel man. <sighs> I'll try to tone it down, but I do have an erection. This episode better be Marvel. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's visible. <laughs> Lady Wan, don't look. <laughs> All right, so uh, something I liked about the movie, um, I just really enjoyed that Tom Hardy was playing this character with such camp, like with just... He's out there. He's being totally bizarre and... Seems like he's in a different movie than everyone else is. Everyone else is like <laughs> playing it straight, and Tom Hardy is just mm-hmm. being wild. Exactly. It's so it was weird. it was insane. I did enjoy Tom Hardy more than I even thought I was going to. So anyway, that crap out of the way. <laughs> why don't we fix this movie? What do you say, guys? What do you say? Applause. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Wan, why don't you start us off with your first fix? Mm. Oh, sorry. I just kicked my dog in the butt. You brought her again. You don't smell that? (laughs) I've smelled at least two so far. (laughs) I let her have some chickpeas earlier. You let her have beans. Great. Okay. (laughs) Yay! It's okay, though. I'll pet her. I'll pet her. All right. Screen fix mascot. Are you ready to fix a dent and forget it? Do it. Yeah. So my first fix is to make Drake and... Eddie have more conflict Uh because they have the big final battle, but they've only really met like one time as just straight up humans. And it seemed like Eddie Brock was just kind of some pesky insect that he got out of the way. Yeah. It was like five minutes of bombing an interview and it was just over. And I can't imagine that that had any real impact on Carlton Drake. That's just like one of probably hundreds of people who annoy him throughout the day. But they're supposed to be adversaries. Like, they're the big battle at the end. So I would rather that they have been kind of pushing back and forth at each other throughout the movie. Maybe this is a long-term investigative report that Eddie's been doing. Maybe this is, like, multiple sessions of, like, really digging into what the Life Foundation has been up to. And he's really been messing with Carlton and, like, playing, like, mind games with him and, like getting at what he knows because he drops the bomb immediately like oh yeah what about those three people who died like it, there's no tension between the two of them they have one like blow up and that's it so i really wanted them to have a much more antagonistic relationship as human beings so that when we get them both to be venom and riot that there's like hatred behind it that they already hate each other, that they've been just angry at each other as humans, but now they have all this power where they can take out their aggression on each other. Hey, how about we have Colin Drake kill his wife or his father or his dog? And then really, <laughs> in, in one of like the test subjects, his wife happened to be a test subject or taking some sort of medication that the Life Foundation produced. And then, then Eddie started to investigate it. So he had, he had like stock of hatred in it because it really affected him personally. As opposed to three random Yeah, person. make it personal. And the thing he, he investigates is is so dumb. He investigates three people died in a shuttle crash. That sounds pretty mm-hmm. normal. Like if Life Foundation is involved in space exploration and a shuttle crashed and three people died, that seems kind of like those probably people on the shuttle knew that there was risks and this was some kind of some mm-hmm. accident. Yeah, a shuttle crash. That's just a tragic thing. That's not some kind of dirt. Right. It didn't feel like juicy enough for him to be like, I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to confront this guy and like enough to get him in trouble with his own fiance. Like just I just wouldn't see that piece of info sparking someone to action. Yeah, I wanted I wanted them to have like multiple meetings with each other, like multiple times he's interviewing. Maybe maybe Carlton Drake is speaking at a press conference and that's where Eddie first shows up and he's like just this annoyance to him and they they are enemies as people for a lot longer so that's what i wanted to see i think it would have made that last battle when they're in the like taken over by the symbiotes i think it would have made it a lot more exciting and like put some real hatred behind it yeah and riz ahmed is is a great actor too and they really didn't give nobody got much to do in this Mm -mm. in this movie at all except for tom except for tom hardy even though there were some great actors in it it seemed like they were setting him up to not return in the venom sequel so they were just like oh we're gonna give him a couple lines and couple scenes he's gonna be nice at the beginning and then then outright evil there was like no scale he was just he was great he seemed like he had a good cause and then he was just evil so it would have been nice if they would have had him being evil or not being evil but having an idea that okay this is what we need to do because it's gonna better humankind as opposed to 
oh, we're going to bring a bunch of symbiotes from some comet and then wipe out the Earth. It wasn't really his goals. It was the symbiote's goals. They took away from the villain. Yeah. Going back to your fix, Lady Wan, um, <laughs> you, you were talking about how they, he was just reporting on the three people that died in the, in the space shuttle. Well, one of the people, they said their name, and they only said one, and that was Jameson. And if you're familiar with the mm-hmm. canon Spider-Man... J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. His son was actually in the original spacecraft that brought Venom down. But his son oh. also got powers. His son became Wolfman. So they could have had... What? Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a symbiote, but how? how? Well, the symbiote was attached Wolf to the Man? shuttle. Yeah, the symbiote was attached to the shuttle when J. Jonah Jameson's son came back and he crash landed. When he crash landed, he, he while he was in space, he it was introduced to particles similar to the Fantastic Four. He transformed into Wolfman, who was a villain of Spider-Man. Was there a wolf on the shuttle too? No, they killed jo- they killed Jameson. <laughs> They used his name, and it was just kind of an Easter egg, but they could have had another character, another villain for Venom to fight in that. But yeah, a, that was a, a, a wolf man. A wolf man. And it was, it was very, just like a Spider-Man. I mean, they were pretty basic back then in the day. Uh, true. <laughs> there are wolf spiders, too. Whoa. Uh, mind blown. Like a bird in the wind. All right, Kool-Aid. Why don't you lay on us your guest fix? All right, all right, all right. So... <laughs> Eddie Brock is an idiot in the comics, and he's a rage-filled meathead. I mean, he's just basically filled with so much rage. And in the movie, they went away from that. He's this lovesick loser who's lost his job, which he did to himself. And he just doesn't have—he mm-hmm. doesn't have any panache. He doesn't really have any real masculinity. You can—you can tell he's just—he's got the bracelets on his arms. He just doesn't seem like the Eddie Brock <laughs> character that that we all grew up with and loved. He's got those like American Eagle bracelets on his arm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he practices tantric sex and all that stuff. So he's just super, super emasculated. I, I feel like they super, they really emasculated him. Wait, in the comics, he practices tantric sex? No, I feel like this Eddie Brock does because he travels the world and he's super, he's just a big hippie as opposed to Eddie just, Brock. Just channels energy into, into his growing. <laughs> all right. It's all sorts of breathing techniques. That's why his mouth is always open. So <laughs> I, what I really wanted them to fix is, is I wanted them to make Eddie Brock hate again. I wanted them to make a movie about Venom that was scary, that was a thriller, that wasn't, it was, it was really full of comedy. There was a lot of jokes and Venom was, was joking. And he's kind of like that in the comics, but at the end of a fight, he's going to eat your head. And, <laughs> you know, that's Ooh. what I was looking for. And when I saw that they were going to do the rating as PG-13, it, it kind of pulled away from what they could do. Do you know? Uh, you're the you're the comics guy. Do you, do you know why he eats heads? Like, is there a certain reason? Well, even like they showed in the movie, the symbiotes, really the symbiote. Venom came first and by himself. So all the other symbiotes that you see in all the Marvel comics are all spawns of of Venom, or not really Venom, but mm-hmm. he has a real name. I forget it. So they're all spawns of him. They're all his babies, basically. What was the question? Uh, why why heads why does he bite heads oh yeah yeah i mean they so what they do is they take over planets they don't actually um connect with hosts they don't stay with the host they eat they eat the host from the inside they eat all their internal organs eat their brain and that's how they thrive and then they move on to the next host so they are true parasites however venom was kicked out because he liked to bond with his host instead of take it over and kill it oh that's why they got that 50 shades of gray rider (laughs) bondage And going back to your <laughs> those tendrils are there for a reason. So dumb. The other thing is, okay. No, you need to save fixes, man, for <laughs> you when did. it's your turn again. <laughs> oh, I thought you just do No, one. we take turns. Oh, I thought you were going to do all of them. <laughs> That's why I said first fix. Oh. It's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you you got excited like like when you watched Dawson's Creek. It's fine. <laughs> Michelle Thrilliams. <laughs> <laughs> like a bird in the wind. JC, what's your first fix? I'm just here to host, baby. <laughs> okay. No, I have some here. I'm not just so anyway. Just like screen fix drinking game is every time JC says so anyway, take a shot and you'll be dead after 15 minutes. I say so anyway all the time. Constantly. I, nobody has brought this up to me until <laughs> right now. Oh my god, you say so anyway, like at the start of everything. What do you say? Um, 
like well everybody says that stuff but i have a whole two words <laughs> uh-huh so anyway <laughs> my god do i you didn't know do that? i do this in like in life i pay less attention to what you say in life than <laughs> in podcast. Oh, god <laughs> so tbd but i will pay attention in the future the co-host that used to carry the show <laughs> <laughs> all right so anyway uh <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. You did it? <laughs> no, I feel weird now. I thought you did it on purpose. <laughs> I don't like oh this. Oh my God, you like say this. it all the time. Right. Anyway, <laughs> so early on in the movie, let's just do this. Early on in the movie, I almost wanted to say, I'm not saying it. Here we go. <clears throat> you want to though? Be you. All right, so anyway, <laughs> I can't help it. I can't. They mention early on in the movie that Eddie Brock has been kicked out of New York. Now, that's very convenient because mm-hmm. where does Spider-Man operate? New York, New York. So we don't have to deal with the Spider-Man thing. But I thought that would have been a better way to set him up rather than just tell us. That's such a strange thing. Kicked out of New York. No real details are given. It's just like you're kicked out of New York. I know in the comic he's kicked out of New York because he has supposedly exposed a serial killer but actually Spider-Man exposes the real serial killer. The guy that confessed was a serial confessor, so he would just like to he would claim other people's crimes. So Eddie Brock actually Ooh. got the wrong guy. Disgraced. I would have liked to have seen more of Eddie as the Brock report. Like I would have liked to have seen him in that mode more, setting me up better for what happens later in the movie. So I would have liked to see him totally crash and burn. I I wanted to see him, this very aggressive reporter, like his thing is gotcha journalism, kicking down doors, knocking on car windows, exposing people like that's his thing. And that's also why he's kind of got to be like a big meathead, right? Because he's going to end up in trouble sometimes. Right. right? Got to put the fear in God. Right. So that's why he's kind of this meathead. I'm a reporter. But he's not like your typical reporter. So I wanted to see that moment where he falls from grace, though, from the Brock report. And he's kicked out of New York because he not only uh, maybe he runs afoul of the wrong person and he's got to leave. Maybe he thinks he's going to expose like the mayor or something or something like that. But he's like wrong. And the mayor's like, you are dead. You are done here. Right. And he's finally put his mic in his mouth. I like that expression. <laughs> Thank you. It's a lot easier to say now that your erection is gone. <laughs> but that that's a good fix. I, I, I hold agree. on, hold on. It's there's more. <laughs> so when he's in San Francisco, he has to stop all this Brock report nonsense. He's got to stop the kicking down doors, all this kind of stuff. And he gets a job at this paper. They give him a chance, right? And this is truly his second chance. And they give him this interview to do. It's with a well-known guy. This is a way for him to prove to the paper that he's no longer that hothead. He's there just to do this story. It's a puff piece. You know, do a good job. This is your second chance. Do this and you're good. But he sees that thing on his fiance's laptop and he can't help it. Brock has to be Brock and he ruins it, right? So I thought that just we needed just a little more time with Eddie Brock, not down on his luck. I thought that whole thing would be a better setup for Eddie Brock. Yeah, I agree there. I agree. I think, you know, them not starting in New York was definitely a, hey, we're not going to have Spider-Man involved in this. Um, you know, in the comics, he did mm-hmm. leave New York because of him and Spider-Man agreed that, hey, we're going to we're just not going to be around each other for a while. So let me go to San Francisco. And I like that they did take from actual canon a little bit to create the story. But the origin, a little off. It was underdeveloped. It was underdeveloped. He's down on his luck for five minutes and he's been him. Yeah, right. Like a bird in the wind. Lady Wand, you got another fix for us. I do. I really, really do. You didn't previously tell us your two to three fixes over Indian Buffet. There was no butter chicken. I know. I didn't get to sing my song. No, you can't sing it because there was none. Unless you have a riff on chicken tikka masala. (laughs) Or that goat Josh Groban. (laughs) Goat Josh Groban was my favorite dish today. It was really good. Because there was no butter chicken, which is just a... It's a goddamn tragedy. <laughs> so many disappointed white people at that buffet. <laughs> no respectful. In- there were very disappointed white people all wanting yeah. that butter chicken, uh, settling for goat Josh Groban. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, <laughs> give a fix. I do. I really do. So I'm a big fan of Jenny Slate. I enjoy her as a human. I enjoy oh. her works. 
I feel like this character, Dr. Dora Skirth, was... Go ahead. Oh. Yeah. Skirth. There it is. That does make more sense. There it is. I felt like that character was very similar to one that she did on Kroll Show, which was a lawyer named Ruth Diamond Phillips. Where do you draw the line? I'll tell you who not to ask. Ruth Diamond Phillips. The first thing that I noticed about Mr. Jeff uh, was his plump tush. Ms. Diamond Phillips, when I met Ruth, this woman was friendly, she was kind, big head of hair like a, a fern. <laughs> Ruth Diamond Phillips is a hilarious character, and this was practically the same, except I felt like I wasn't supposed to be laughing at any time. Uh, not to any of her lines, like, it was, I don't know, it was just a little weird and twitchy, and I liked that, but there wasn't enough of it. It just felt like she was like a shadow of a character. She was playing it straight. Like, everybody in this movie is playing it so straight. I know. It was disappointing. They were, they were definitely setting her up to die as well. I was I was genuinely yeah. surprised by that because I, I thought Same. she was going to be in a lot more of this. So that's actually what I want to fix. So, sure, they can meet in the convenience store and then she'll take him to break him into the research lab. Yeah, sure, that's all fine. But then when he gets venom and he pieces out and gets out of there we see that drake throws her in one of the lab rooms and she's gonna get devoured by a symbiote like r.i.p dr doris girth but that's terrible because she's awesome so i would have preferred if it takes some time for that symbiote to go through her and it is running her body Not full Venom. Like, they're not a perfect match. Like, this isn't a lasting relationship. But this is a bit of a fling for her and the symbiote. And so (laughs) when the mercenaries are going after Brock, they can also have her on the path. And she's wrecking shit as a lady symbiote. And there are some lady symbiotes, right, Kool-Aid? There are. Yeah. There's Scream. And I believe you said one earlier. Agony. It's purple. Agony. So I like that one because it's purple. So I want I want that for her. Let her be like this gross, crazy symbiote character. You know she can do some weird voices. Girl power. You know Jenny Slate can do that. Oh, and Eddie Brock can help her get out of her symbiote because remember, Dan the Man figures out mm-hmm. the frequency thing. Mm-hmm. He can like incapacitate, scream, or agony, or any of the other words that describe marriages and like... <laughs> <laughs> and separate them. Yeah, she can. he can bring her to Dan the Man. They can separate it. Yeah, and then we get more Jenny Slate. Yay. Is she, okay, the only thing I've really seen with her was Obvious Child, and she was like a comic who was filthy. Mm-hmm. Is she like a filthy comic or what? Um, She she can go there if she wants to. Ah, but this was PG-13, so we got a clean slate. Oh. Like a turd in the wind. Kool-Aid, why don't you hit us with, with another fix? All right, so Eddie Brock, Eddie Brock gets to the warehouse where there, his friend, the the bum who hands him newspapers, is being stored. So he breaks ballistic glass with a fire <laughs> extinguisher. Now, at any point in time, these symbiotes, by will, they could have they could have bonded with their hosts, and they could have easily broken out of this unfire extinguisher proof ballistic glass <laughs> um, with ease of will. So that was my other fix. That may, I don't know. May, maybe give him the code or Ginny's with him. Ginny Slate's with him. The Dr. Gerthskirth is with him. <laughs> and then they, they figure out a way to actually hack. And maybe they open up all the doors. And my biggest thing is give him more villains to fight or to, to hang out with him and help him take down the corporation. That was my big. Instead of having it, they're going to go to the planet, to the comet, and bring back more symbiotes and take over Earth. Well, there's that, uh, I think there's that famous storyline. I'm trying to remember it. I know Spider-Man has a team up with Venom to fight basically like five of of Venom's spawn. Yes. Because the life, I think it's the Life Foundation also. Mm -hmm. They like make four more of him or something and they team up to fight them. That could have been neat here. Having Venom. As a daddy. As a daddy suddenly have to fight all his symbiote kids. Yes. Uh, that are being released by this Life Foundation. And yeah, like Riz Ahmed's character could be one of them. But Jenny Slate could be one. You know, some some of the other characters in the in the movie could also have been uh symbiote kids that he had he had to fight. Right, because him fighting humans and exploding drones is just silly. It's 
it's really weak. It's, it's not like enough. playing God of War. It's like playing God of War, and then you're on the first level. There's like ten skeletons coming at you. They're all level one. You know, it's just one X button. All right, that's too nerdy. You know that they're just they're fodder. They're those humans that he's facing are just fodder, and he is literally eating them. So throw something a little heavier at them. They know that he, they can disrupt they can disrupt them with the with the frequency because they tested on one of the bombs. Why didn't they use that more? Oh yeah, you figure they would have created some kind of frequency gun to fight Venom with to make it more of a fight. Instead, it was tendril versus tendril. <laughs> Instead, all of the humans got dispatched easily and their heads eaten, and then he just had to basically fight a version of himself, which is a huge Marvel movie problem that is even made by other studios. Mm -hmm. Our heroes always fight in their first films. They always fight just the opposite version of themselves. Even uh, came out this year, Black Panther. Ah. He ended up just fighting another Black Panther in a Black Panther suit. Yep. Happens all the time. Happens in all of them. (sighs) More action. Less romance, less exploding drones. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the billion-dollar company, and you've got drones that just blow up. Fair. We're going to get calls from our drone pilot fans. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kool-Aid. Like a bird in the wind. Hey, JC. Yeah. What's your fix, bud? I feel like I was in that locker in You Can't Do That on Television. Hey, McAllister. Yeah, Alanis. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just showed my age hardcore right there. Oh my god. JC has gray hairs. It is awful. <sighs> He's got a great booty though. Alright, so <laughs> let me see. <laughs> so okay, so I mentioned previously that I hated that the scene from the trailer that is the end of the movie. Forget that noise. I like that scene. I feel like that scene should be more important. Let's move it to the front of the movie. All my fixes are for the front of the movie. Let's get this thing off off on the right tendril. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, you know, Eddie's down on his luck. Let's not call him a loser who's alone and has no job. Let's just say he's uh, he's working on himself. Let's just say. He's living his best life. That's what I like to tell uh, my friends in this situation. You're just... You know, you're just working on yourself right now. Self-care is really important. So my first fix was more about a better fall from grace. This one is going to be more about, I'm going to change a lot about his character here with this. So in essence, I'm going to change this whole movie. Again? Again. (laughs) So Eddie's down on his luck, we see. But he goes into that convenience store and he witnesses Mrs. Chen being robbed by that guy. Even though he's not on anyone's payroll, his journalistic instincts kick in. And he decides to follow this guy because he's sick of this guy robbing Mrs. Chen. But when he confronts the guy, he ends up in over his head and he loses the fight really badly. He gets beat up, probably almost killed, and in a lot of trouble. And it's at this point that he is, obviously he's at his low point, but you know, not only has has he hit rock bottom, but he feels weak. He feels physically weak. And in the comic, I know that uh, people that have been imbued with the power of a symbiote, it's almost like a drug, like uh, they don't want to give it up because they're all jacked up. They've got powers that they've never had, and it's hard for them to give up the symbiote. It's the weakness he feels that drives him throughout this film. So the Venom symbiote attaches himself to Eddie Brock and Eddie Brock feels powerful again. And the first thing he does is just like, I think you said Kool-Aid. So yeah, one of those kids in high school that got beat up by bullies and put in lockers and now they've got the power. Now they can fight back. Now he can fight back. And the first thing he does, is he goes back to those people that were messing with Miss Chen. He waits around in that store. The guy comes back. Oh, I remember you. We almost killed you. And he takes his gun out, whatever. And then suddenly he's Venom. He kills that guy. He goes back to their base. He kills them all. And you know what? Brock isn't like, why are you doing this? Brock (laughs) likes it. Eddie Brock likes it. And throughout this film, Eddie Brock struggles with the fact that he loves it. And he doesn't want to give it up. 
That's dark. And at some point when he does get separated from his symbiote, he wants it back. He's like going through withdrawals when he's not with Venom. He wants the power. So I think it should have been more a story about like a true simpatico partnership was Venom and Brock. Because remember in the comics too, Brock hates Spider-Man. I think you, Brock is a guy who, who's full of hate. And I feel like I wanted him to be weak, get this symbiote suit, and he is conflicted by the fact that he likes it so much. And, and that's really who our Brock character is, not like, what's happening? Ugh. Which he is throughout the whole movie. You said it yourself, you feel like he was a bit, a bit emasculated. Yeah. So I think beginning the film this way or, or having this towards the beginning of the film will change this movie for the better. Oh, it would have been like Spawn in a way. Same writer, or same creator, Todd McFarlane. He's got the anti-hero who's got this cape, and he's got these new powers, and he's killing everybody that does wrong. It would have been a lot like that, and Spawn was actually a good movie. Except for, like, fat John Leguizamo farting. Easy with that face, I'm easy. Oops. Oh, what, what? I hope I didn't stain my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> little demon clown John Leguizamo farting that was true that was still true to the comics though it was still kind of true to the comics and it brought in a little bit of comic relief but it wasn't the whole thing and there was no love it well there was never mind spawn had tendrils as well <laughs> all right so anti-heroes have tendrils <laughs> and they know how to use them you know what mm-hmm. I feel like had this movie been rated R, they really would have utilized the skills of that writer from Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> These tendrils, no? Yeah, why not? Like maybe he doesn't get the symbiote back from She-Venom via a kiss. Oh. I think that's a no. <laughs> movie pooper. I'm not using any of that. <laughs> like a turd in the wind. So, does anybody have any final thought about this Venom movie? Anybody? Lady Wan, Kool-Aid? I wish I did. I'm gonna... I feel like I'm going to forget about this movie really quickly. I forgot about it as I was walking out of it. Like, I, <laughs> I, I had to read a, a synopsis today, and I realized I forgot the entire middle of this movie. Yeah, same. Completely forgot it. Like, that's how unmemorable most of this movie is. Was the movie that unmemorable or was the cheese plate that memorable? It was the movie. It was definitely the movie. <laughs> I, I was going to go back and watch it again just so I could watch it the second time for screen fixes. Because the first time Aww. I walked out and a buddy of mine walked out and he loved it. He's a Transformer fan too, which <laughs> I'm not saying anything about that other than, you know, he likes movies with big explosions and no real plot <laughs> so and like and racist characters yes i'm just gonna say yes because my name is kool-aid <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but last thoughts i i can't wait till they bring out carnage and i can't wait till they consume woody harrelson's character and his hair so they just have the, <laughs> the symbiote carnage suit on instead of you know woody harrelson talking and looking old Mm-hmm. So that'll be nice. Good call. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I mean, if if nobody else has any final thought, then what? Do you have one? <laughs> no, you did it. Shit. <laughs> so moving on. If anyone doesn't have any more, you know, final thoughts or fixes, then I guess we should just consider this movie screen fit. All right, so without further ado, why don't you uh, send us home, Lady Wan? If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet us or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We're at screenfixpod on those ones with the weird yeah. names. Follow us on Twitter because we usually also let you know which which fix is up next. Mm-hmm. Which movies we're going to fix. We also have movie news. Dad jokes. Oh, so many dad jokes. So many puns. Like... You guys, you got to get these fresh hot tweets. So you can also listen to the show on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Libsyn, and Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please uh, rate us and leave a review. We really would appreciate it. Um, You can subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. And um, please tell a friend.
about the show. We also have a Patreon account if you'd like to donate to the show. Uh, be part of the show. We got different tiers. We also have hopes of using that money to open a one-screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and film festivals and movie marathons and all that kind of great stuff. So why don't we send everyone off with our best version of like a turd in the wind said Venom style. Go ahead, Lady Wan. No, I want to save you for last. You okay. always get mad because you're like, you always make me do men. <laughs> I don't think Venom has a gender. <laughs> yeah, Venom's genderless, right? That I just true. saw like a, a, a nub where his crotch is. He is literally gender fluid. Gender yeah. fluid. <laughs> Silly. All right, I'm going to go again. I'll go first. Ready? <clears throat> like a turd in the wind. <laughs> that was bad, wasn't it? That was like... Do it again. No. You'll be this armless, legless thing rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> and I, I want to say, so... who's ever seen a turd blowing in the wind? Th- th- that's not how turds work. <laughs> no. Anyway, it's not... <laughs> maybe on the Venom planet, there's just turds flying around. <laughs> On the Venom planet, what it is. There's just there's turds that are flying around the wind everywhere. It's really, really, really windy there. And Venom turds are really light. And so anyway, it's your turn. Kool-Aid, go. Like a turd in the wind. <laughs> uh, your, your Venom is a smoker. It's all right. <laughs> all right, Lady Wan, give it to us. Like a turd in the wind. I feel like that was the best one. It got too bainy. <laughs> it got way too bainy. Excellent. Excellent crossover work. Yeah. All right. So uh, our next fix, just for everybody to prepare for, is going to be... A Star is Born. A Star is Born. That'll be the next screen fix. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.